Welcome one and all to another episode of Left Turn Canada. Andy Burkowski, Christo Avalise here. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but it's been an absolutely beautiful Guelph day. The weather is just unbelievable. Summer is here and you know, it's a time for hopefulness, Christo. And I, I think about, <laughs> you know, what it, what Ontario is looking out for in this summer. Oh, it's all roses right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I know yeah. we're t- this is a shorter show where this is a, our show is basically cut in half this week. It's before the election here in Ontario and then afterwards. And we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, we're going to do we're going to do an election night show. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not great. So I, I, there was one tweet that was being pushed around that, that is just great. And maybe we'll ape from it. But can you imagine when we started this show? That Doug Ford, the man whose decisions led to direct death, there's like blatant cronyism, is just like kind of personally repugnant to... Seniors died both from COVID, but also died from dehydration. Yeah, because of the choices he made. Imagine that guy being maybe one of the most popular, if not possibly the most popular, according to some polling, leader in Canada. I have it right here. This is from David Coletto at Abacus. At least... At least among the major party leaders, it says here, what if I told you in 2019, this was yesterday, it was tweeted, that Doug Ford would be the most popular political leader in Ontario in 2022, more than Justin Trudeau, Jagmeet Singh, or Pierre Polyevre. It's just... So, like, (laughs) compared also to the provincial, uh, you know, some polls or recent polls have just dropped that suggest that, you know, Horwath is slightly more popular, Shriner slightly more popular, but... In general, yeah, you could make the credible case that among the major party leaders, Doug Ford is the most popular, or at least the least unpopular one in Ontario. What is happening? This is the man whose decisions led to death of your grandmothers and aunts and uncles. Just from cash, too. Like, we know what the reasons for it. It wasn't just ineptitude, which is a lot of it, but it was also because there was someone who was important explaining that it would be better for their business if if things went... This is one of the most popular politicians in our country. Like, I know it's been a beautiful day, but man, this is... It's hard not to be depressed. So, Considering this, Christo, how is uh, tomorrow's election looking, or uh, Thursday's election looking? <laughs> it's it's almost certainly going to be a Ford win. Now, we should say that a poll broke just before we recorded from innovative research that shows that Ford would 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 almost certainly win the most seats, but could well be drawn to a major a minority. But Brian uh, Breguet from Too Close to Call, who runs that website, and a lot of the other aggregates are showing a, 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 a extremely high chance of Ford wins. Uh, this one it suggests a 93% chance of Ford winning a majority and 99.9% that he's going to win the most seats. Uh, and so in general, and that one poll, you know, it could be the correct poll, but it is an outlier. Uh, we are expecting some polls to come out tomorrow. Um, is that Ford is clearly in a victory position and, and is more likely than not He's more likely to, he's less likely to have a minority than he is win more seats. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, there was a poll out today, uh, the the second most recent poll, that has him at 40, the uh, Liberals at 25, the NDP at 23, the Greens at 7. And that would lead to just the most first-past-the-post election <laughs> ever, where Ford would win 98 seats with only 48% of the votes. Wow. The NDP would win about 23, 22 votes, 22 with 23%. Um and the Liberals, despite getting 25% of the vote, would win three seats. 
We got a great system, man. They would beat the NDP by 2% and get um, about one-seventh the seats the NDP gets. Will will this finally bring out, like, uh, uh, what's it called, election reform? Will this finally be the step? I mean, the liberals (laughs) ran on ranked ballot this time. And, like, who knows? They might have been lying. Like, like, odds are they probably were lying. But Del Duca did very clearly say, like, with much more detail than Justin Trudeau did, you know, Trudeau's promise was still a broken one, but Del Duca said very clearly, even though the liberal membership actually wanted proportional, he said, if we win, we're doing ranked ballots. Like, he did say that, to be fair. So they've already, they, they haven't jumped on proportionality, but they would have jumped on a on a, on a ranked ballot system where, you know, it, it, honestly, with a ranked ballot, Ford might still win this election yeah. if that poll is accurate, because you have to think enough liberals are going to rank the conservatives their second and enough NDPers would... And, you know, there's such a big gap. We don't know. But um, fundamentally, what we're seeing is a is a big Ford victory. Like, it's almost certainly like most polls are predicting that he will have more seats than he did going into the election. Which is so wild considering what's just happened. It's a mixture of the fact that at least in some polls, he's 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 his vote total is decent. But a lot of it is that all Del Duca's rise has done all it's done is drive seats. The liberals have taken back some seats from the NDP, but they've driven some uh, NDP seats to the conservatives. Like wow. that's what they've done in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because so- the liberals rise hasn't actually um, chipped in any meaningful way into the conservatives um, base. It just hasn't, it just hasn't. Right. And so what we're seeing is a scenario where it's, it's very likely Ford will win almost certainly a majority. Um, things could be different. Uh, likely uh, a decent chance that he'll have a bigger majority than he did last time, both because uh, the opposition will be divided because, you know, the NDP won about 40 seats last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his gap between first and second could be much bigger. If the NDP and the liberals both end up with like 20 some seats, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then, uh, Del Duca looks like he's losing a seat right now. Oh, like, uh, there's been some polls showing that uh, some local actual polls done in his riding that shows that he's losing right now. It's not a done deal, of course, and you 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 would think that the the resources they're spending in that riding could could add you know like you know uh, could could you know add a few percent to their polling. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know there's there's a certain advantage to having the leader run that's maybe intangible. The party might have more volunteers, more staffers working there to avoid the, the the utter disaster of the leader losing their seat. But that's what we're looking at. And Horwath uh, is not going to lose her seat, but um, I think it's probably done yeah. unless there's a miracle. Like, I mean, I think she's done. So let's look so, at all this, man, because yeah. it, it is fascinating. Let's just start with. And again, it's going to be very similar. If, if this is the outcome, if the polls, you know, suss out, this will be very likely what we're talking. And about. I mean, that's the case. The one caveat is that I think they have until. I think it's tomorrow at midnight. Mm-hmm. Like I, you're not allowed to release polls on election day. So I think generally what they'll do is some polling firms will elite like, you know, election day, Thursday, just if you haven't voted yet, uh, <laughs> but uh, elections day is Thursday. Um, and uh, so I think they have to release the polls on when, uh, no later than Wednesday at, yeah. at a certain point in time. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if, if this is the case, you know, and we don't want to be too redundant, you know, we're, we'll look at where a lot of things went wrong, maybe in our, our next show here. I just want to talk a little bit about the way the narratives of this election, I think very, very early on 
really presented Del Duca and the Liberal Party. If I remember, you know, the, that initial polling, it was this messaging that the Liberal Party helmed by him was the only party that could take down Ford, that that was yeah. the only reasonable course of action. And we saw almost all mainstream coverage sort of echoing that sentiment. And now when we're a couple of days before an actual election, this guy might not even win his seat. He might be completely useless in the conversation of Ontario politics three days from now. He might be a non-entity. Yeah. So how? Yeah. what went so, like, what, why do you think that was being pushed and couldn't find purchase? Uh, is it just like, it, it, this was just dubious kind of narrative building right from the beginning, that there were just so many people that want the Liberals to succeed in this province, and, and frankly, they haven't? Or did they just do such a bad job that they couldn't even fit the bill that they first promised people? Well, I don't know if you have that, but uh, Brandon Tozo, who is yes. a fan of the show, made a really great uh, video where Del Duca a few days ago, a couple days ago, did like a press conference. Uh, and he says, you know, that's something you can clap for like when he announces the policy. And then the people there like, you know, awkwardly and very half quarter heartedly, fifth heartedly clap for him. And of course, uh, uh, Brandon spliced that with the uh, the the famous Jeb Bush "Please classic, Clap" classic. moment. It's it's essentially the Jeb moment. It's not n quite as pathetic because he doesn't say "Please Clap." He's like, but like it's 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 like it's almost as bad as the Jeb the Jeb clip. Um, I think there's a few things happening there. One, I think that there is a certain media establishment in this province that does not want the NDP to win. I definitely think like, like, look, I'm not making excuses for all, many of the shitty decisions made in the campaign, but like there's clearly a, 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 a non-trivial amount of, of uh, Laurentian elites that do <laughs> not want to see the NDP succeed. And so from the very beginning, from uh, uh, all the way back, even before Del Duca was leader, there was still this sense that the liberals were being given a lot of coverage. Mm -hmm. Like the liberals would get way more coverage as a non-official party with, you know, six, seven, whatever however many seats they had uh, sometimes getting coverage they mentioned in like articles before the actual official opposition. Mm -hmm. And so right from the very beginning, I think the liberals were treated um, as a, a, a much more relevant factor in Ontario politics over the last four years than they probably were. And yeah. I think that helped to create this context, although it should be said to be fair that right after the Ontario election, right after 2018, the liberals in most polls jumped right back in the second, <laughs> right? Like we should yeah. remember that, like, like to, in all fairness, like the, what also what happened is that for pretty much the entirety of this term, the liberal party is pulled ahead of the NDP uh, yeah. in Ontario. Almost like, so entirely. like the Ontario, like, so we know what happened. The Ontario NDP, uh, you know, got like in the low thirties, the liberal party got, didn't, didn't crack 20% in the last election. And, you know, starting, I think, in the fall of 2018, they started doing polling again. Not very much of it, of course. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of polling done uh, provincially in between elections. But it showed the Liberals rebounding quite, quite substantively. And sometimes, you know, they'd be ahead of the NDP by a lot. Sometimes the NDP would be ahead by a little. But in general, the Liberals have been ahead of the NDP in polling for four years. And so I think what happened was, you know, the Liberal Party historically has been a successful party. Uh, they've never finished behind the ONDP twice in a row mm -hmm. in seat total, ever. Um, uh, there's a media bias against the NDP. And I think that when they, when Del Duca was picked, there was this sense that, okay, this guy 
is not necessarily well-liked, but it was mostly that he wasn't well-known. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was this real push um, by the Liberal Party, but also some in the media, to be like, oh, this guy's the leader we all need. He had a great debate, blah, blah, blah. But it really did seem manufactured, right? Yeah. Because it was not captured by the public. Like, you know, it, it didn't ship in the Ford numbers. Uh, even in some of these recent polls, like that innovative poll, which is not a bad poll for the Liberals. It's one of the better polls they've had in the last week. You know, he's he's significantly behind Andrea Horwath for preferred premier, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, Doug Ford wins it, but Horwath is like six, seven points ahead of Del Duca. And so it's very clearly like media, the media tried to make fetch happen, right? They, <laughs> yeah. they tried to, you know, in very mean girlsian fashion, they tried to make fetch happen for four years to be like, yeah, it's going to be a liberal comeback. And a lot of people made the kind of like, oh, it's going to just be like Justin Trudeau. When one, Justin Trudeau had instant name recognition. Everyone knew who Justin Trudeau was. Even if they really didn't know him, they knew who Justin Trudeau was. Like son of the former prime minister, right? Like everyone everyone knew who Justin was even when he was a liberal backbencher, right? Mm -hmm. No one knows who Del Duca is and the people who do know who he is hate his guts. They know him (laughs) as wins, wins buddy, pool guy, yeah. uh, keg steak dinner aficionado. <laughs> like, like he's not known for anything good. Like, he's not. He's not, right? Yeah. He's um, not a firebrand. I'm not saying he's an evil of, man in, yeah. like, the grand... Like, you know, I'm like, like, you know, he's probably not as much of a ghoul as a lot of the Ford cabinet ministers, but, like, he's only known for either benign things mm-hmm. or for bad things, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Trudeau was this young guy, very handsome, charismatic, you He's know, going out there boxing, well, yeah. people know yeah, him. You know. And like, let's be clear, the Liberal Party, despite taking that beating in 2011, never lost party status, um, you know, kept a good core of their leadership, some of their, their like their experienced MPs. Uh, and then when Trudeau made that comeback out of nowhere, it was... Um, after the liberals have been a power out of power for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Right. And Justin Trudeau had no real connection. Justin Trudeau did not come into parliament until Harper was prime minister. He won a by-election, I think when Harper was prime minister. And so Trudeau had no connection to Paul Martin, mm-hmm. like none or to Chrétien, right? Like, and like Del Duca does, he was in the win cabinet. Like he was a win cabinet minister, right? Like, and yeah. so if you threw out Wynn and company and you go with Del Duca, a lot of it's less than four years, because, you know, we're three and a half years uh, before the last election. Of course, a, a, a good chunk of voters aren't going to like it. And so it, it was just they tried to make it like a 2015 redux mm-hmm. where the Liberal Party uh, collapses. The NDP finishes second. The Conservatives win a majority. And then the people realizing the error of their ways goes back to the tried and true red party and then they win. Right. But it just didn't, it didn't happen that when, way. This I time. just like, it almost reminds me yeah. of every major one election we've had. Like, and here's one, was, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. But I'm it's just, not I'm, though, but I'm it's different it. in a lot of ways though, because yeah, okay. Del Duke Ford is not as hated as Harper. That's mm. one of the big things. Harper was like, look, Harper had been in power for 10 years. He only had his majority for four, but he'd been in power for essentially 10 years or so, eight, nine years, whatever it was. Um, You know, uh, there was these massive national campaigns. Harper hates women. Harper hates science. Harper hates workers. Remember those blue buttons? They're made by PSAC, the union I was a, a member of the time. They like made those. There was this big like cultural moment. Where it's like, we gotta like, like, we gotta stop Harper. No matter what, we gotta stop him. And people want to say that about Ford, but I just don't, I I don't, it doesn't seem to be as connecting. And so it could be a mixture of things. Like, 
like, like at some point in that election, they dumped Mulcair and they went with Justin. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's what happened. In this election, whether it's because neither Del Duca or Horwath is likable enough to galvanize it, or whether people just don't hate Ford enough to change their historical party, like, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. like, that's what's happening right now. And that's the big difference. Like, this is not 2015, right? Yeah, no, it's 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 fascinating to think of it, especially when you frame it in, in that way of just, you know, how the Liberal Party made choices here that seem to be operating on, like, again, like a late 2000s method of neoliberal politicking. The idea that they would that Ford is so bad and we'll just go back to the Liberal Party, the tried and true, simply because, you know, they're so damn pragmatic. No real reason, no real, you know, celebrity behind it, no no real personality pushing it. And I'm just, I, I, I'm wondering at what point are modern elections going to our electioneering is going to realize that that's that methodology of electing people just doesn't work anymore. People know who Ford is. And I think that affects now and, and have known who he is for like 30 years in, in a lot of parts in Ontario. I don't yeah. see how they ever thought they were going to win with some or not even win, but become even a relevant party again with someone like Del Duca. Like for me, it just seems like a completely insane decision making that's again not to say that the ndp didn't make hilarious mistakes in this election but before we go to that i just finally about the liberal party here if thursday comes and what was some of these speculating that they could have just three seats including maybe even uh with el duca not getting one will this kind of beat the drum that in ontario you know it's now going to be always for time and memoriam now ndp pc's fighting each other and the liberals just kind of go away i don't know i mean it it, we're we're in some uncharted waters there right generally what happens in a where the provinces where the ndp becomes one of the two big parties is except in alberta where they just won once the ndp usually had to like win a couple times Mm. right like what happened in nova scotia was the ndp won in 2011 the first time they've won the only time they've won uh, and they quickly went back to third, right? Mm-hmm. In 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 Ontario, same thing. Bob like Bob Ray, the NDP NDP had finished second a few times here and there in Ontario history, but they've never won except for that Bob Ray election. And then they quickly went back to third. And so I wonder if there's a massive seat gap between the Ontario NDP and the Ontario Liberals. That may happen, but it's also the case that because the NDP isn't winning. Then people mm. still might not, not might not connect with that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, because there's no um, there's no place for them to go. Even let's the just liberals... say hypothetically, mm-hmm. like the liberals, like the conservatives, have a really big election. The NDP ends up with, uh, you know, loses, you know, ends up somewhere in the low twenties in seats, and the liberals are kind of where they are now. So all what happened was that Ford just had a smashing victory. Mm-hmm. Um, hypo- you're kind of in the same scenario functionally. The NDP in second, the Liberals basically not even a party or barely a party by the official rules. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Conservatives with a massive majority. I still, I don't know. I still think that, I still think that in that scenario, the Liberal Party might have a path back. I'm not sure, mm. right? Um, I think in general, what what would like like what if, if this election 
the NDP won, I might say the Liberal Party would be dead, or at least dead as a as a province-wide competitor. Uh, because not only did the ONDP win, but the ONDP won beating the Liberals twice in a row. Yeah. Right? It's not it's not a fluke in the way the nineteen ninety election was perceived, where they came from third out of nowhere. It would have been you know the uh the, under Horwath the Ontario NDP went from basically no part like from ba- on the edge of party status kept growing finished second and then won beating the liberals twice along the way that would have been perceived as 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 different mm-hmm. right now but right now we should say that that liberals being at the at the third at the, that is an outlier as well if you look at the various the various predictors right now it really is showing a close race for second Mm. Uh, especially in seats to a lesser degree in popular vote. So right now, if you look at 338, their prediction, they are they are showing, um, let me pull this up here. They are showing, and this is updated today, but I'm not sure if it includes the last couple polls. They're showing um, the Conservatives at 79 seats, the Ontario NDP at 25 seats, and the Liberals at 19. Their range for the Liberals is anywhere from 3 to 40 seats, showing mm. the Liberal gap. The NDP's range is 12 to 38. So you could see that the NDP's range is, is you know, is, is they have, they have safe, more safer seats than the Liberals. Yeah. Um, and so in effect, that's showing that, uh, and that one has a four-point gap. The Liberals up four on the Ontario NDP. If you look at uh, the CBC Ontario poll tracker, um, let me just pull this up. That one shows the Liberals, uh, again, about four points ahead of the Ontario NDP, but they have a um, they have the Liberals edging the NDP in seats. They use a different methodology. Uh, in that case, it would be uh, 81 for four, 22 Liberal, 20 NDP. In which case, I think, uh, who knows what happens in the next election? It'll yeah. all depend on who the leaders are and stuff. This one shows uh, a... a, a, a that the liberals have a chance of finishing ahead of the NDP. But right now I, I think that it's um it's too early to say in the future because there's not going to be a definitive knockout blow in that sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think then just cause we are going to be slowly wrapping up here. Uh, once again, I, I should add, maybe I should have said at the beginning of the show, we are hoping to do something live election night, whether it is through Twitter spaces. I don't know if all yeah, you're we familiar might do- with that. Yeah, we might do a Twitter space of thing. Discord as well, of course. I think you can even do both pretty easily. But uh, we're going to have stuff available there either through at Left Turn Canada on Twitter or, of course, as most of you are connected with this, at Christo Ebelis. You can go that way and uh, we're going to be there talking about it. And then, of course, we're going to have a show. So before we get to that day and, and we see where these votes come from, I think there's a lot of people listening right now who have heard us talk about the crimes of Doug Ford, the the gen- and have felt, I guess, more than anything, the general push to their lives in Ontario getting demonstrably worse. I think that it's you can't put it all on COVID, but choices being made by this man that is making a lot of people's lives that much worse. Is it that, in your opinion, Doug Ford is just so popular that he's able to connect with people in this province 
that just simply don't have anyone that they connect with. He just he really no, does speak no. for it or, no. or okay, so it's not that Yeah, no, no, no. It's not it's not that. I mean is look, it just, he's not is as it, hated on. as we <laughs> yeah. Is it just that he is so that people are just so beaten down? And yeah. the idea of engaging with an election right now, when I don't think any real party said anything that really excited anyone. I'm, I'm going to say that safely. There's some things yeah. that the NDP said that I like, but the, nothing that really wanted me to go out and volunteer this time around. Do you think it was just that it's just been such a failure in relation to this point in time, which is also a really shitty point in time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was an uh, there was an article, I think, by TVO. Uh, just like yesterday or something, and they basically said that the 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 idea being that Ontarians are just exhausted. Yeah, like they're exhausted from COVID, they're exhausted from the last couple years, all of that, and in some ways they're not fully tuned into the election, uh, and so that generally benefits the um. That benefits the incumbent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, premiers get reelected. Right. Like there are exceptions. Wind didn't get reelected. We've talked about this. No female premier in the Canadian history, Canadian history has been reelected. But uh, in general, premiers get reelected um, more often than not. They do. Uh, and so you know, people are tired. People are beaten down. I think the real issue is they don't hate Doug Ford as much as we do. <laughs> right say that again say that again because i think that's they important. don't the people don't hate doug ford as much as we do like he's not popular he's not right he's not a popular guy but fundamentally he um he's he's not he's not as hated as <laughs> and i think like that's that's the reality and look he's gotten some questionable good media coverage too right don't forget front page that, like, <laughs> Toronto yeah, the front Star. page. The, yeah, and then, yeah, the front page Toronto Star piece, which again was an opinion piece, but you know, normally you don't you don't put it up there, right? Like that, yeah. right? So, I don't know. My view, honestly, is that he is he is not as hated as we thought he was. Mm-hmm. Um, the un- opposition parties did not run good campaigns. Yeah. The reality is that for whether it's because the opposition parties both ran mediocre at best campaigns no one coalesced at the last minute right Mm -hmm. like there could be a last minute coalescence but we got to remember that justin trudeau really started to pull away from the ontario um from the uh, from the uh the ndp with like a week and a half two weeks to go in the election if i'm not mistaken Mm-hmm. Like there was a moment, right, where he really started to create distance and it wasn't two or three days before the election, right? Mm-hmm. Like two or three days before the election, it was very clear Justin Trudeau was going to win. It was a question of a majority or a minority and he ended up winning a majority as, as we as we know. Um, and so this this is where we're at. Like yeah. Doug Ford will likely win tomorrow. Again, like as we noted, there was that encouraging poll. But as uh, as Philippe Fournier from from uh, 338 said, you know, that was canceled out by the other poll I read you that has Ford with 15 points, uh, you know, 15 point lead over the uh, um, the uh, the Ontario Liberals. Like this is yeah. the piece here. It's it's a TVO piece by Matt Gurney 
who basically says, I don't know whether it's possible for an op I don't know whether it's possible for an opposition party to generate enthusiasm and a desire for change in an electorate that has maxed out its ability to get emotionally and intellectually engaged. And like, look, that maybe that sounds like it's making excuses for the opposition parties. Um, but that's that could be part of it. Right? Like he says here, yeah. when this election began a few weeks ago, my overall impression was that Doug Ford was likely to be reelected, probably with a majority, and that the Liberals would probably overtake the NDP for second. That was just my gut feeling. It wasn't rooted in any enormous number-crunching analysis of polling numbers and demographic trends. I can talk to people who do that thing, and I certainly have been talking to those people. But even before I began those conversations, I indulged in what a lot, all of us owed as citizens... Uh, our oldest citizens, a hunch. Ford winning another majority with my hunch. The Liberals bouncing the NDP out of second with my hunch. But nothing has changed between now and then. It's like most of what has really happened is reinforced that it's been a quiet, uneventful campaign, right? Mm. Like, like that's really, that's really it, right? You know? Yeah, and you know what? I'm just and and that those sentiments, the, those words, really do just get me furious because it, it does make me just feel like you have had so much time, both opposition parties to really mount a campaign that will give people hope. If everything that we've just said is true, that people yeah. are completely beaten down, that we just don't have the capacity to engage with an election right now emotionally or intellectually, this is not the time where it gives an excuse to the parties. It's when you are required as a politician. This is the one time you really have to try because people need help. People need help. That's why we're feeling like this. We're not feeling yeah. like this because, yeah. you know, it's summer malaise. It's because we've been so beaten down by the, yep. re the material circumstances of this world. And it's been made worse by a leader. It's not like he yeah. did a great job. So you yeah, are I yeah, just like, right. it's yeah. so yeah. absolutely infuriating that we have not had a message of hope that we have not seen these parties swing for the fences. If they're not going to win what, just because yeah. it might not be prudent, people are suffering and we don't need a uh, ODSP plan. That's going to come in two years. That might help people. We don't need yeah. that. You, you know, had that, help that you had to change after yeah. being rightfully bullied by your, by activists in your own, your own party. We don't uh, need free transit yeah. in for two years. We need free transit first day. Uh, just in moment that needs yeah. to start yeah ongoing like, it's just, yeah, yeah. You, people yeah. i it, it feels like there's a real misunderstanding of what people need in this moment and i'm like i'm just i'm very concerned that we're not going to have this big reckoning where we see any sort of progressive political party really take those steps and if that doesn't happen you know you almost can't blame people who are beaten down saying, you know, I, I kind of the devil, I know a little bit, like, why am I going to go out and do all this for another party when they're doing absolutely nothing to yeah. engage with me right now? So again, mm -hmm. we, we will see what's, what's going to happen. We, we got to wrap up here. Christo, if you are, you know, you're, you're looking at all these pools here. If you're a betting man, you know, a couple nights before the election, where do you think the seats lie? Uh, next time people hear our voices, it's a Ford majority. I think, honestly, probably similar-ish to last time. Maybe a little bit better for Ford. And I do... I have a feeling the Ontario NDP is going to eke it out. Uh, I feel like they have a... In a lot of these close races, maybe incumbency advantage will help them out. 
Uh, the liberals, the, you know, the fact that their leader is losing really shows me that maybe they have some pretty fundamental issues. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Ford, Ford's probably going to win. Uh, if the, the, there, there'll be some polling out tomorrow, so people should keep an eye out for that. But um, Ford is likely to win another majority government. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'll you'll hear from us again in just a couple days. And if you want to join us, you know, uh, election nights, we if you're feeling similarly to yeah. us, where where you you're, you know the expectation from your leaders is not being met, you know, let's talk about it. Uh, again, you can do that through at Left Turn Canada, or we might do it through Christo because he has such reach, and then we'll do it on on Discord as well. So so yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Hang in there, folks. Uh, you know, it's okay if you don't want to vote. I want to make sure that's completely known and understood, especially of what we said today. But, you know, it is, you won't be heard at all if you're not uh, accounted for, even if you want to spoil your ballot, right? Like, that's completely reasonable. Yeah, you can just go in there and wreck your ballot. You'll still be on the voting total. And so yeah. when they look and they say, oh, this random 24-year-old voted. Uh, and so when they look at the data and they're like, how many 24-year-olds voted? Uh, they'll know that. So maybe do that. I mean, like, look. My recommendation is probably to, uh, I would vote NDP pretty much everywhere in this province. Maybe mm -hmm. I would throw a vote in Perry Sound, Muskoka to the Greens, because that's kind of cool. Yeah. They might win that riding. That'd be about it. But I just vote NDP everywhere. I'm a partisan. Uh, if you are strategic voting, like do your best to look it up. We didn't have time to talk about it tonight, but the liberals especially are just out here fucking lying, saying they're the strategic option in ridings that... Uh, they're clearly in third or that they're the strategic option in a riding where the Tories are polling at like seven. So there is no strategic option. Like there's just, there, there's no, you know what I mean? So yeah, if yeah. you are a strategic voter, again, again, no judgment. Uh, you know, you can, you can vote for people based on how hot they are. You can vote on, I, I don't care. You're, yeah. you're, you can choose to vote how you want to vote. But if you are going to strategically vote, like uh, do your best to not get lied to people. Uh, buy it. You know, yeah. like do your research. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk to you in a couple days.